Viewmasters. It's the podcast that we do. Viewmasters. Talk about movies that we view. Viewmasters. My friend Eric and me, Joe. Viewmasters. Hey, let's start the show. Hello, and welcome to the Viewmasters episode 231. D-O-A. My name is Eric. My name is Joe. J-O-E. <laughs> I, I'm now jealous that uh, you have a name that you can do that with. <laughs> Jed on E-Rival. <laughs> I took it too far. I ruined it. I think you made it better. <laughs> Agree to disagree, sir. All righty. <laughs> uh, yes, DOA. Yeah. Uh, the replacement movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it was, it was you know, just a minor irritation that yeah. uh, we had to switch it up very last minute. <laughs> But, you know, it, it's all going to work out. Yeah. Well, we, we, it, it's a movie we can talk about. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I took yeah. notes. As did I. Excellent. Uh, there, there is just one question I have to ask you, though. Okay. Uh, you don't like it in the belly, do you? <laughs> Can't say as I do. <laughs> You're Can't soft say... in the belly, aren't you? I, I am soft in the belly. <laughs> Guess what? So am I. <laughs> oh, that's nice. That's why we're going to rename the podcast the Soft Belly Brothers. Oh, man. The SBBs. <laughs> SBB cast. Uh, Yikes. D-O-A. <laughs> D-O-A. <laughs> so, uh... So when we uh, announced this uh, change of plans last week, yes, uh, you mentioned that uh, you had seen this movie already. I have. Tell me, uh, tell me more about that. I, I can also tell you that uh, having watched it now, uh, you know, uh, for the show, uh, I didn't remember a goddamn thing about it. <laughs> uh, just you know. Other than the basic premise, uh, I, I didn't remember a thing about this movie, but I do remember seeing it uh, back in, like, 1988. Wow. Uh, so I would have been uh, 10 years old or so. All right. Uh, so there was a remake of this movie that came out in 1988. I thought there was. With uh, Dennis Quaid and uh, Meg Ryan. And I remember that being, like, a big deal for some reason. Hmm. Uh, and while that movie was out, uh, like, you know, one of the, you know, cable channels, like USA, probably, or, you know, TBS, uh, aired it one day, like, in the summer, you know, that, like, noon. Oh, the original and, version? Yep. Gotcha. And uh, so I watched it. Nice. 
Yeah. That's yeah, I I I would I feel like be shocked now if I turned on just like TNT or or USA or something and saw a black and white movie being played <laughs> in the middle of the day or at any time of day, honestly. Like that's that feels like a relic of a of a bygone era. Yeah, I mean, you know, not only that, but uh, you know, uh, I had a a TV in my bedroom as a child, and it was a black and white television. Nice. Uh, that was, you know, we're still within like the decade of of having been made. Yeah. Uh, so you know, black and white was still a thing when, when we were kids. Yeah, I guess I don't I don't think of it other than like I used to watch a lot of Nick at night, so Sure. So I I got used to black and white shows that way. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah. I guess I don't think of it as being like a thing that was quote unquote contemporary into the eighties. I mean, you know, like modern at the time movies and shows you know unless they were trying something uh artistic i guess right uh weren't really doing that but uh you know it's just yeah uh like i said uh you know we had the big tv in the living room and then you know other tvs in the house were smaller and were black and white nice uh and so and I think even my mom had a TV at her shop that was in black and white up until, like, early 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, she also had a rotary phone, too. So That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love rotary phones. <laughs> uh, she had to program it to so she could get uh, calls at the house uh, for, like, people who wanted appointments. Yeah. Uh, which uh, was a pain in the ass to do because <laughs> she had to dial, like, a four digits and then the home phone number and then the business phone number. Uh, which, uh, you know, when it's rotating all the way from uh, zero, <laughs> uh, takes a while. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, it's just, uh, I, I remember watching a lot of old movies when I was a kid. That's really uh, cool. Part of it was just cause, you know, uh, I was, I was fairly sickly. Uh, and so I just remember spending a lot of time in bed or on the couch, just watching, you know, whatever was on. All right. Like I remember watching, uh, the Birdman of Alcatraz, uh, and when I was like six or seven. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I have seen DOA and uh, remember none of it. <laughs> well, well, I will uh, confess something as well. Who? Uh, I had also seen DOA. What? And remembered nothing at all <laughs> other than the basic premise. Yeah. So I wanted to watch it again, basically. Okay. What's uh, what's your story? Uh, I was in college and watching a lot of uh, film noir. Okay, and uh, DOA was among them. So okay, yeah, <laughs> nothing super exciting. <laughs> I was pretty depressed at the time. I don't know if that adds adds flavor to the story. Uh, maybe a little. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dames, man. 
Yeah, dames. Where's our slide whistle? <laughs> the slide whistle was literally the first note I took. <laughs> what the fuck? Tonally, what is this movie? <laughs> so, the first time that that happens, like, I had to rewind it. Yeah. Because at first I thought is I mean because it's happening like while while there's like a bunch of partying going on yeah and I thought oh maybe that's like some sort of uh, background thing uh, but it is not yeah definitely not <laughs> uh, it is part of the the soundtrack <laughs> uh, and it is for a few minutes persistent it yeah well uh, there's a lot of uh, ladies walking by. Sure. And obviously, every time a lady walks by, you're going to get the slide whistle. <laughs> Which makes perfect sense. Yep. <laughs> it's like that sequence in Wayne's World when <laughs> when Garth just goes swing over and over again for like 30 seconds <laughs> as women walk by. Uh... Uh, yeah, except, uh, you know, with Wayne's World, uh, that, that fits the, the tone and the story. That's true. Whereas, uh, everything that follows this, this brief scene of just our hero, <laughs> question mark. Right. Uh, looking at women and, uh, just, uh, getting a slide whistle drop, you know? <laughs> Well, I think we all know what 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 his slide whistle represents when he sees those ladies walking by. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's the 1940s equivalent of swing. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they can't show an erection, so you know they 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 worked with what they could to to stay within code standards. <laughs> oh man. I was dumbfounded. Yeah. <laughs> there are quite a few things in the movie that sort of sort of puzzled me. It's a puzzling movie. A little bit. Um, it is. So the basic plot premise of the movie is uh, this, this man... Uh, discovers that he's been poisoned and is going to die. Uh, and he is on the search for his killer. Right. Simple enough. Yeah. Um, I, this is one of the ones, uh, that I watched twice. Okay. And, um, there's a lot of twists and it is very convoluted. It is very convoluted. Um, and, and even for as simple as the motive and the outcome are, there are just a lot of turns that are kind of unnecessary. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, stuff, I guess, <laughs> on the way to getting to the, what the motive was for and the identity of, of the killer, um, and and I'm and not all of it makes 
super clear sense to me. I only nope. watched it once. I kind of wish I'd watched it twice. Um, cause, cause yeah, I, I think it may have made it easier to, to recognize people. I think was sort of my big problem is there's, there's a lot of dudes who all look similar in this movie. There's that for sure. Um, a lot of women who also look very similar. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just a forties thing. Um, I mean, following the threads, uh, watching it a second time certainly did not help me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it and I understand it, but, uh, it's just, uh, it's like tracking, uh, Jeremy Baramy. Yeah. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, will, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen a ton of, uh, of noir films, um, but I do think that, like, overly complicated <laughs> plots are sort of a standard feature. So, yeah, so in guess, that respect, uh, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh... I think though, even even with that, uh, you know, simpler is always better. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. Yeah. Uh, I will say that uh, there is one aspect uh, that confused the hell out of me the first time, that completely cleared up for me uh, on the second time. I must have just missed, you know, this minor thing that happened. Okay, uh, but. Uh, uh, so our hero, question mark, right. uh, Frank Bigelow, uh, you know, he is poisoned. He's trying to find his killers. He's investigating. Uh, he eventually winds up in a shootout mm-hmm. and he pulls out a gun to like return fire. And that first time I was like, well, where the fuck did he get that gun? <laughs> and, and it's in my notes. Like, where did he get the gun? <laughs> And uh, it's literally the scene before where right. we see where he gets his gun. Right. And I was pissed at myself. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> see, I I, uh, I almost expected that, like, it wasn't actually, like, going to be a real gun. Like, it would just be, like, a cigarette lighter that <laughs> she happened to have that looks like a gun that she uses to intimidate people sure like that would have made me laugh yeah <laughs> i i almost think that would have been better yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know either yeah it would have fit with the slide whistles that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> i spent the whole movie just trying to justify how the slide whistles fit in <laughs> they don't they really don't it is jarring. Because <laughs> the rest of this movie is just so tense mm-hmm. and and uh, just, just, you know, serious that that part of it is just so out of place. It's baffling. <laughs> And 
I mean, you know, it, it, it's the plot is building at that point, and, and we don't know exactly. Like I said, like the the premise of the movie is is just right there. Yeah. Uh, especially you know because the the prologue of sort of the opening shot, you know, is him walking into a police station and and saying that he's been murdered. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you know it's just all a flashback recounting how he got there. Um. But you know, uh, to me anyway, uh. Everything that's been built up is just that, you know, anybody could be the guy that, or the person who, you know, poisoned him. Right. Uh, because he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and he's just taking an impromptu vacation, and he's in a hotel full of uh, businessmen who are out getting drunk and partying. And uh, there, there's a lot of women around, and, uh, you know, I think all that would have been fine, but then... We get that fucking slide whistle. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just strange. <laughs> yep. yep. And, and uh, I mean, it's the strangest thing in this movie, but, right. but it's not the only thing that's strange in this movie. <laughs> so I, I am glad that you've mentioned uh, that Frank Bigelow is kind of a jerk. Because <laughs> I did take some notes about that. All right. Like, this is ostensibly a movie about a guy who goes on vacation so that he can cheat on his girlfriend. Yeah, essentially. And, yep. and she, like, gives him gives him permission, I guess, yeah. to do it. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, he, he gets poisoned, uh, is a jerk to everyone who tells him that he's been poisoned. Uh, and then just proceeds to barge into places, manhandle people. Yep. Just, he's just a random guy. He's not, he's not a private detective. He's not a cop. He's just like, this he's guy an accountant. He's, he's an accountant. Exactly. And a notary republic or a notary public. Yeah. Or he might be a notary Republican too. Who knows? He's probably a Republican. It would justify sure. or, or at least explain a lot of his behavior throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like the entire time, uh, almost every scene that he has with his girlfriend, I just keep thinking to myself, you could do better. <laughs> she could do better. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And he seems to have some sway over a couple of other women throughout the movie, and it's the same thing. Like They could all do better than this dude. Yeah. This schlubby accountant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, no offense, is it Edmund O'Brien? Yes. That plays Frank Bigelow. No offense Mm -hmm. to Edmund O'Brien. But yeah, he's kind of schlubby. Yeah. I mean, he is just a dude, like yeah. you said. Uh, just just average as hell. <laughs> One might say basic. You might. <laughs> uh, and I mean, I guess part of that is is the appeal of the movie too, is that he is just a just an accountant, just kind of right. average schlub, and he's 
sort of thrust into this strange situation and has to figure out how he ended up there. Right. Um, so yeah, I, think... I, I can see it, but like just the, the, the way that everyone just accepts his behavior was somewhat bewildering to me. Right. Yeah. Uh, and like the few people that kind of call him out on it, they're just like, you know, very quickly. They're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, if if he would have been remotely likable, <laughs> then then I think this movie would would have turned out far better than it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing that he's a jerk after he's been poisoned, right? Um, but you know, you gotta you gotta do the legwork up front before that happens, right? Yeah. To to establish a reason that we should care about this guy, and and the movie really doesn't doesn't do much of that other than we know he's about to be poisoned. <laughs> right. Let's find out what happens. <laughs> this movie uh, does, does a thing that, uh, that Jenny absolutely hates and that I have come to hate as a result. Uh, it starts with the exciting part and then flashes back. So it's like when, it's like when a, a TV show opens with a big shootout and an explosion. And then after the credits, it's 24 hours earlier. <laughs> Yeah. Like, here's all the boring stuff that leads up to that. Yeah. The, this movie is entirely the boring stuff <laughs> until, like, the last ten minutes. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, there's there's a couple of shootouts and, and uh, you know, uh, some some chases. That's true. But, all right. Uh, you know, uh, no, I, I do agree with you. It's... Uh, you know, <sighs> there are also it, a lot of really intense shots of Frank Bigelow writing his signature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, the flashback thing is, it's definitely one of the worst tropes in movies and TV shows. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the absolute worst being, you know, it was all a dream. Right. Uh, because, you know, the, the, the flashback thing is, you know, well, I heard, and especially in TV shows, serial TV shows when they do it, mm -hmm. because you already know they're going to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> so what the fuck's the point? <laughs> uh, and here we already know that he's going to die. <laughs> So, uh, similar? Yeah. I, I think it works a little bit here better than it does in other things. But, you know, just because it is so, you know, so fundamental to, to the story. Yeah. Uh, but it's not great. Yeah, I mean, the, the movie is built around the very first scene basically like yeah like they they had the idea oh what if this guy walks into the police station and 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 says i'd like to report a murder and then they ask who it was and he says in my own and and then and then they worked from there it's like the like how julia schwartz used to come up with the covers for for silver <laughs> hdc comics and then they'd have to build a story around that cover to make it fit somehow Right. Like the, the movie is, it's all the hook 
Um, the, the rest of it is just like, how do we get to the hook basically? Yeah. Um, I mean, we do have to, I think, step aside and, and, you know, realize that we are seeing this, you know, 70 years later. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And so who knows, maybe this was one of the first times that was ever done. Yeah. Um, it's and, entertaining. And, and, I, oh, I don't sure. mean to make it sound like I didn't enjoy the movie because I did really enjoy watching it. Yeah, it's a it's it's a pretty fun movie. It definitely has its problems, uh, but I also enjoyed it. You know, uh, once I got over the slide whistle, right? <laughs> <clears throat> and just, uh, I mean, but. You know, I mean, the most sympathetic character in the movie is, you know, Paula, the girlfriend, Mm -hmm. who we see very little of, and she is entirely just, her character is, she's the girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Man, I feel Uh, bad for her. Yeah, yeah. Like, for a lot of reasons. Oh, for sure, you know, the one... You know, she could do better. Yeah. And uh, despite that, she is absolutely in love with this man. And uh, he's going to die and does not tell her. Right. Yeah, he uh, is terrible. Yeah, he really is. Uh, and uh, spoiler, it all comes down to he notarized a piece of paper. Right. <laughs> a bill of sale. Yep. <laughs> I didn't know that you had to notarize receipts. Uh, different time, I guess. I guess. Like, yeah, uh, I've never had a receipt notarized at Target. <laughs> you should try. <laughs> Maybe I will. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so yeah, the it, it comes down to he notarized the receipt for the sale... It was the sale of the poison, right? Uh, no, it was no. a metal. Wow, I missed that. Okay. <clears throat> it was a metal called iridium. Okay. Uh, which I guess can be used in radioactive substances or something like that. I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> I, I didn't do any research into it. <laughs> uh, but it had been stolen and basically, you know, he was the seller was selling stolen goods, but unbeknownst to him. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And it all hinged on this bill of sale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the, the seller was, was that the guy who <clears throat> contacted him? Who uh, had also yes. been poisoned. I think he, no, he was all right. He was murdered, but he wasn't poisoned. He, right. He was thrown off the balcony. And it, it honestly didn't even have anything to do with that. Right. <laughs> I for, Yeah, I just remembered, no, because his, his wife did that, right? Yeah. Because he was cheating on her. Uh-huh, but she was cheating on him. <laughs> with the person who murdered Frank. <laughs> and that person was the guy's partner, like his business partner, right? Yes. Okay. Damn. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. We got there. Yeah. Because <laughs> I saw that guy, like, when they do the big reveal of who it was, I saw that guy and I was like, 
he looks familiar. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's that's the other guy's partner, but I'm not 100% sure. Nope, that, that is indeed who he was. Okay. Um, and then there's an entire subplot with a gangster uh, who was the uncle of the guy who bought the stuff from the guy who was murdered. Okay. <laughs> so there's George George Reynolds. Is that yes? One, is that the guy who contacts him? No, Phillips. No. Phillips. Phillips is the guy that contacts Frank. Okay. Um, George Reynolds is the person who bought the iridium. Yes. And George Reynolds is also another name that I don't remember right now. Raymond Rakubian. There it is. <laughs> Whose uncle is uh, Magic or Ma- something like magic? that. Something like that, yeah. All right. Uh, magic who, Johnson? Yeah. Amazing. Yes, it was Magic Johnson. <laughs> he is immortal, and that is why he was not affected by HIV. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Did you watch this movie with subtitles? I did. Uh, I tried to. Okay. But uh, when I turned the subtitles on, they were ahead of the dialogue. Oh, wow. So I turned them off. Okay, yeah. Uh, that would be irritating. It was uh, real weird. Uh, on which platform did you wind up watching this on? I watched it on Prime. Okay. Um, I watched it on Canopy, actually. Okay. Um, so, yeah, they, they were perfectly in sync gotcha well next time Uh, i watch it it'll be on canopy okay there you go um uh what was i gonna say i don't know i don't know we were we were talking about uh magic jacobian yeah Yeah. rakubian rakubian sorry yeah dr jacoby um yeah, there's that whole gangster subplot, and then his psychopathic uh, goon, Chester. Yes, I, I. my note for Chester is just, holy shit, this guy. Because, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is, uh, there's some uh, scenery being chewed. There absolutely is. That guy is amazing. <laughs> he has possibly the craziest eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> Period. Uh, he was pretty amazing. Yeah. And and it was almost much like the slide whistle, just like, I don't understand how this fits into this movie. Right. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's part of the gangster subplot that ultimately didn't really amount to anything other than putting Frank in more danger. Right. Uh, and I kept thinking through that whole, you know, bit, bit of business is uh, why doesn't he just tell them that uh, he's going to be dead anyway? 
That's a good point. <laughs> that is actually a really good point. I mean, they probably wouldn't have believed him. Right, I but guess. But still, yeah. that, that's, you know, he could have at least tried it. Right? Like, he tells nobody that he is dying. Right. Except for the cops at the beginning. Right. You mean the end? Yes. <laughs> is this Memento? It is Memento, yes. <laughs> John G. poisoned him. <laughs> so we have uh, gone this whole time and not once mentioned the jazz club. Oh, Jesus. You talking about the fishermen? <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Holy shit. Get it. The scene of the scene of the crime. (laughs) Oh man, you know these these uh, these jive dames are. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. Just. Oh my god. Yeah. I honestly don't even know like where like there's problematic stuff all over the place in the fishermen. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I don't. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I did read up a little bit, and uh, apparently it's one of the very first uh, uh, portrayals of beatnik culture on film. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So so we get uh, proto hippies. Are they beatniks? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's there's especially one dude that is absolutely a beatnik. Like, he's got the beret and the goatee and everything. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Which which was not a common look in 1949. Right. Uh, yeah, they're, they're all strung out on the music, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of really... Intense shots of the musicians. <laughs> yep, and and they go on for a long time. Yep, yep. It's uh, yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. Uh, it, and I, and I, it? I, mm-hmm. I think those are the only uh, characters of color in the movie as well. Yes. Well, why would there be any others? <laughs> Ouch. It was 1949, that's fair. Exactly. Uh, And I think I read that uh, the music that we hear isn't even being played by those uh, gentlemen. I was going to say, it didn't didn't line up with uh, with what they were doing. I I don't know what the hell that music was. (laughs) It it was definitely not any jazz I'd ever heard. No, it was jive. And they all looked insane. <laughs> not nearly as insane as the people in the crowd, though. No, definitely not. Just, uh, it, it did make me anxious, though, because uh, I do not like crowds, and uh, I do not like live music, and uh, it just brought back a lot of memories of, of why I don't. <laughs> well, and none of those people were wearing masks, either, so that was really... Oh, that's true. Like, just there was there was no social distancing happening. <laughs> no, because <laughs> this is all we know now. <laughs> it's 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 reality. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So like, there's there's 
And there's all the stuff with the businessmen who are staying at the hotel and like the one guy's I think that's his his wife. <clears throat> yes. Who's just like hanging all over Frank. Yep. And and her husband just like staring daggers at him. Right. <laughs> like it, it feels like they were trying to set that up as a red herring. Yeah. And like and that. it didn't really work. It just came across as strange. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it also doesn't work because almost immediately we see the guy who does poison him. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> not too long after that. Yeah, it's clearly not the husband. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the weird thing where he talks up the girl at the bar and then just... Uh, I, I guess that's supposed to be the, the point of redemption for the character. Is that uh, he ultimately decides not to cheat on his girlfriend with this woman? I guess. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it, what the, if if that is the point? I guess because yeah. Otherwise, I was gonna say, what's the point other than to show like is Frank this big Lothario, <laughs> right? Whose whose prowess with women we should be impressed by. Yeah, I guess, yeah. (laughs) But again, you know, it just goes back to, yeah, he's so unlikable. (laughs) All these women could do so much better. Yeah. It's probably, Uh, you know, I'm I'm glad he's dead. I'll just say it. Yeah. Yeah. No big loss. He deserved it. Uh, you know, I feel bad for Paula, but uh, yeah. yeah, he's uh, he's not a great dude. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't he didn't die for any of the reasons that he deserved it for, but you know, in, in the end, he deserved it. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, uh, no, I was just gonna say uh, one thing that occurred to me uh, after he gets his diagnosis. Uh-huh. Uh, and then is and then you know there there are a lot of uh, long sequences of him just running down the street. Yeah. Uh, but then at at the end of one of those, and he he makes the decision to you know try and find out why he was poisoned. Uh, he gets on a flight from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Yep. And it, the thought occurred to me that if you were poisoned. And you had, you know, possibly a day or so left to live. Mm-hmm. Would you spend part of that day flying from San Francisco to Los Angeles? Uh, like, couldn't I mean, you have just made a phone call? Yeah, I guess a lot of that could be handled by phone calls. Uh, but it wouldn't have made for a very exciting movie. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> Uh, also, I don't know, you know, how long a flight from San Francisco to L.A. is. I looked it up. Okay. So San Francisco to <laughs> LA is a six hour and 16 minute drive. Okay. Uh, and currently it's a 90 minute flight. So all right. I don't know uh, if flight times have changed at all uh, between, you know, 1949 and now, but you know, it's, it's a good hour and a half at least. Okay. Of right. the I'll limited make... time that he has spent left sitting on a plane. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's not that long of a flight, I guess. <laughs> and you're right. Ultimately, it's not that long. But but also, you know, I'm not dying, so... Yeah. Right. 
So I'm a little more open to the possibility of, of making that trip. Yeah. I mean, he could have he could have just gone home uh, and been with the girlfriend that he allegedly loves. Sure. For uh, the remainder of his time. Uh, well, I think it's the fault of the second doctor for just flat out saying that he's been murdered. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that, that doctor has real good bedside manner. <laughs> uh, I, I did find it wondrous that uh, apparently in that day and age you could just walk into a doctor's office and uh, just get a checkup. Yeah, no, they're they're just hanging out. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, like you know, I, I think uh, I mentioned in the the last episode that uh, it's been a while since I've seen any kind of medical personnel, right? And uh, part of that is because you know, I mean. You try to make an appointment, and it's like, oh, yeah, we can see you in, like, two months. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, Frank Bigelow just uh, just casually uh, strolls into the first uh, doctor's office and then furiously gets a second opinion from, right. uh, from a, sec- you know, a second doctor down <laughs> the street. Yeah, at, at that point, he's just storming into places. <laughs> <laughs> that is really when he begins his uh, barging phase. Right. <laughs> Barging and manhandling. Yep. Oh, which Frank I Bigelow think is, story. you know, one of the uh, you know seven stages of grief. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's five, not seven. Hmm. Well, <laughs> seven now with uh, you know barging and manhandling. That's true. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's denial, anger, barging. Manhandling. <laughs> bargaining. Or wait, no. Bargaining goes before barging and manhandling. Because when the bargaining doesn't work, that's when you start trying to strong arm your way into things. <laughs> and then depression and acceptance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dab <Dab-dum-ba. laughs> I, I think we've revolutionized, uh, you know, uh, mental health here. I think you're right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get published in a journal tomorrow. Sweet. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we have definitely ragged on this movie a lot, but it's also fairly enjoyable. It is. It's it's really fun. Yeah. You know, there's there's definitely worst ways uh, or worst ways that you could spend 90 minutes because it's yeah. also a relatively short movie. Yeah. Which I was thankful for. Yeah. Honestly, that was something I was looking for when I picked the replacements. So, yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's in the public domain. It's everywhere. Why not watch it? Yeah, absolutely. I would be, I'd be interested to see the remake, um, just to see, like, how, how faithful it is to the original and if they change, if they change stuff in it. Uh, I think they, you know, it's pretty much just the basic premise and everything else is different. Gotcha. Uh, but I actually, I don't know if I've ever actually seen the remake. Ooh, I'll put that yeah. in my back pocket as a future pick. All right. <laughs> I mean, I used to like Dennis Quaid. Yeah. <laughs> Which one is Dennis Quaid? Uh, he's the one who now supports Trump. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wait, which one was Dennis Quaid? Uh, Inner Space. Uh, 
you know, uh, not Randy Quaid. Not Randy Quaid. Okay. Randy yeah. Quaid is, uh, yeah. Okay. I got you. Randy Quaid is uh, National Lampoon's vacation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, wow. Psychotic. I, did, I, I yeah. did not know that about Dennis Quaid. Oh, yeah. He uh, recently did like an ad for him or something. Wow. I mean, he's yeah. a he's a middle-aged white man, so I guess I can give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> not surprised. Uh, his current wife is also like 22 years old. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Just like Randy Quaid. <laughs> right? Doesn't he have like a super young girlfriend? I don't know. Uh, I think she's definitely younger than him, but not, you know, like, I mean, it's still creepy, but not you know, like almost pedophile creepy. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, point to Randy Quaid there. Yep. <laughs> Oh boy, DOA. Yep. Uh, I loved. Oh. I loved the last shot. Is just them stamping DOA onto the <laughs> police report. <laughs> like, how should we file it? Better make it dead on arrival. Stamp DOA. <laughs> I mean, they had to say it. They yeah. had to get it in there at some point. Gotta have the titular line. Exactly. And, and they saved it for the perfect moment for it. The very yep. end. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, spoiler, he dies. He, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, anything bringing you joy this past week? Uh, big brother. Uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I have been, uh, so, so I dabble in, uh, toy customization. Sure. And, uh, I've been, uh, making progress on a couple of those. I, I, I go in sort of fits and starts with it. Uh, and I've been on a, a little bit of a, a customizing kick, uh, for the past couple weeks. I've got a, uh, a Mento figure from the Doom Patrol who is nearing oh, wow. completion. Nice. Uh, I was actually painting him before we before we chatted, and I've been able to smell the paint the whole time. So I'm <laughs> so you're high. I'm a little high right now. Nice. <laughs> but then, yeah, I've just I've got a bunch that uh, that I started uh, and then got to various stages of completion, and so now I'm just like trying to go through and the ones that are closest to being done if they don't have a ton of sculpting or whatever that needs to be done. I'm trying to, I'm trying to accomplish things basically. So that's awesome. So it feels like I'm doing something with my time. Sure. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hope you post uh, pictures of these. I definitely will. Yeah. The, awesome. the, the Mento figure uh, is, is real close. Like I said, to being done. So he'll be, he'll be probably the first one that you see. Nice. Got the the weird helmet and everything. Uh, yeah, so it's the, uh, the you know there's like the the hyper complicated George Perez <laughs> Mento costume, and then there's the simpler like black jumpsuit, purple right. purple helmet and gloves. I did the the latter version just because it'd be easier. Sure. Um, but the helmet was actually the thing that was was tripping me up was figuring out how to do it because I tried sculpting it normally and it's just like. Because I do it in on superpower scale, uh-huh. and it was just too small, and my fingers are too fat to <laughs> to properly get get it to look right, and like with straight lines and stuff. 
I and get so that. I, I so I actually figured out a way. Uh, this is probably super boring for the listeners, but I don't <laughs> care. Fuck you. It's my podcast. Uh, <laughs> figured out a way to use a comic board and just okay. like cut strips of it and then uh, wrap those around his head because it's sort of like a like a big headband basically that's right. part of the helmet. Um, so I was able to make it using like just strips of comic board that I glued onto his head. It actually came out really looking really cool. I'll send you a, I have a process picture of what it looked like. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. What, what base did you use? I used a green lantern figure, uh, with a flash head. Uh, and then I actually cut the hands off of the green lantern figure and put the, put Aquaman hands on cause he's got the gloves with the cuffs. Right. Um, so it, it's less obvious that it was Green Lantern initially because the arms are a little different. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> These are all superpowers. These are all superpowers. Yes, that's my my preferred preferred toy line. Sweet. Isn't that a little pricey at times? Oh, a little bit. I've had I've had the the base figures that I'm working from for a while. So like they and I, and I always buy just like beat up beat up oh, okay. cheap figures to work from. I wouldn't want to destroy a, a pristine condition figure with, <laughs> with my crappy painting skills. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, what's, what's bringing you joy this week? Uh, I got some surprise mail the other day. That was nice. Re- really? Excuse me. Yeah. I choked on, choked on my water. <laughs> That's such a surprise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my, my friend Joe G sent me some uh, blank comic covers and uh, some uh, Lego figurines. Oh, that was nice of him. Yeah, it uh, brought a smile to my face. Good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, but uh, otherwise, uh, you know, I've got a, a, a taste for terrible fucking movies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I watched one last week. That uh, was so awful that I can't possibly recommend it to anyone. But also, I can't not recommend it. I'm scared. (laughs) It is called Veronica. Okay. It is uh, a movie directed by Glenn Danzig. Okay. Of uh, Mother fame. Of course. (laughs) The Darren Uh Aronofsky movie. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, it's based on his line of comics, uh, published by Verotic Comics. Okay. Uh, it's an anthology horror movie, and, uh, he wrote and directed it, and it is the fucking worst. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) But I was cackling at it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I had heard that it was bad, and I did not expect it to be as bad as it was (laughs) uh it is like room level bad wow uh the (laughs) i was almost going to say the only negative thing i can say (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say i feel like everything you've said so far has been negative (laughs) uh like the there's three stories in it and they're all like hooked together by like a host segment okay uh, and it's, you know, it's Glenn Danzig, so he's got the libido of a 13-year-old boy from 1992. <laughs> uh, 
and so it's basically everything that you know a stoner metalhead 13 year old kid from the early 90s would find to be you know awesome and cool so there's just a lot of you know naked chicks and uh you know violence and it's so stupid (laughs) but the the first segment has i mean again fucking awful but (laughs) there there's an energy and a charm to it that i loved it so much uh whereas the other two segments were just so boring uh but but it was still just amazing to watch just the brazen overconfident incompetence <laughs> <laughs> oh man that that's uh that sounds like an experience is really it, the only 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 thing i can think of it, it definitely is uh <laughs> it is it is definitely something that i had wished i had seen drunk with other people yeah uh because alone it was a slog but also <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> and and just knowing also what a blowhard danzig is yeah uh, just, just, y- you love to see it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's excellent. <laughs> uh, so, so I guess I should pick another movie. Yeah. What do you got for us? Uh, well, this one is allegedly on Amazon prime. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, hopefully it will remain there for the next week or so. <laughs> Um, so, uh, as we are recording, it is now officially October. Yes. Spooky uh, time. Spooky time indeed. And, uh, while we are ahead and this episode will air, like, the 1st of November or something like Aww. that. Uh, <laughs> it's still close enough to Halloween that, uh, I would like to watch a potentially spooky movie. All right. And, and uh, it's one I have never actually seen. Uh, uh, who knows? You may veto, and, and uh, this may just screw me. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I would like to watch the Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey thriller, uh, Frailty. Okay. I will absolutely watch Frailty. <laughs> Okay. Right. I I uh so frailty is another DOA situation for me. You have seen it. I have seen it. I remember nothing about it. All right. Excellent. So I will absolutely watch it. <laughs> Alrighty then. Uh so yeah, next week frailty. It's on Amazon Prime perhaps. <laughs> Hurry. <laughs> is that one in the public domain too? <laughs> Uh, I, th- I think they try to keep a tighter leash on that kind of stuff nowadays. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Frailty. Yep. All right. We will talk about that next week. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. See you then. Goodbye. <laughs>
Thank you for listening to The Viewmasters. You can subscribe to the show directly at view.guttertrash.net or at iTunes and leave us a review. Visit view.guttertrash.net for email information and links to Facebook and Twitter. We'll see you next time on The Viewmasters. Masters.